Hello and welcome to the First Baptist Church of LaGrange. What an honor it is to have you listening to our church broadcast today. We hope that as you listen along, following in your Bible, that you experience the grace and presence of Christ just as strongly as we do every Sunday in our worship service. May God truly bless you as you listen. At the beginning of this message, let me just say a couple things about Father's Day. I know today can be a difficult day, as was Mother's Day. Maybe like some, your father has passed away and you're hurting. Maybe you have a difficult relationship or even no relationship at all with your father, and so today is not fine. Maybe you have a difficult relationship with your children as a father, and so today those words don't really have a lot of encouragement to you. I know that Father's Day can be a sad day. But I'm telling you one thing that I'm thankful for on Father's Day is that I have a heavenly Father who's perfect. No matter your background, no matter your history, we all have a loving Father who will never fail us, leave us, or disappoint us. Preparing for this message a couple weeks ago, and it reminded me of a story that I heard about a man who overheard three boys talking. One of the boys was his own son. The boys were just hanging out, and they were talking about whose dad was the greatest. One boy said, well, my dad's the greatest because he knows the mayor. Next boy said, well, my dad's the greatest because he knows the governor of our state. Well, the third little boy, who was the man's son, was about to speak, and the father knew, well, I don't know the mayor, and I don't know the governor, so I'm not sure what my son is going to say. The little boy said, well, I know that my dad is the greatest, Because he personally knows the God of the universe. This man, upon hearing what his son said, he got down on his knees and he prayed. He said, oh Lord, may my son always know that his daddy loves you. Fathers here this morning, can I ask you just kind of up front and, and very quickly, do you know the Lord personally? Have you ever turned your life over to Jesus, asked forgiveness of your sin, and found new life in Jesus? Knowing God begins there, and it continues as you grow in Christ day by day. And so this morning, I wonder, is it the desire of your heart, first and foremost, to know what's on the Lord's heart? King David, if you know that name, you would know who is a man. He, he personally knew God. But what I love about David is that he wasn't perfect. And David, like me, has sinned in very big ways. Yet when David sinned, he, he came back to the Lord in brokenness, seeking restoration and seeking forgiveness. David was a father as well, but... Again, if you read his story, you'll know that David wasn't a perfect father. (laughs) David made many major mistakes with his sons and his daughters. He messed, let me say it this way, he jacked up his family. You don't know that verbiage, he messed his family up. Yet he sought after the Lord. He wanted his children to know God. So David writes a psalm in Psalm 144. If you're 
go ahead and turning to Psalm 44, you'll be with me. But Psalm 44 is kind of unique in that it is a war, W-A-R, a war psalm. But it's also a journal of one of David's prayers. It's a prayer of trust and dependence. And from this, really from this psalm, we can learn really how to pray for our children and our homes. So I studied Psalm 144. I realized that there'd be no way I could cover it all, so I've only chosen a small portion this morning. So I wonder if you would just kind of tune in and listen as David pours out his heart before God and then maybe learn for yourself some ways that maybe you can pour your heart out to God as a dad, sure, but just as another person for maybe those in your family. So I know we've done a lot of this this morning, but I can't not do it. <laughs> not because it's religion, but because of my view of the Word of God. So I wonder, would you stand with me as I read from Psalm 144, verses 11 through 15. And as Oscar said, this is the Word of God. This is God speaking, amen? So listen as we read Psalm 144, 11 through 15. Rescue me and deliver me out of the hand of aliens whose mouth speaks deceit and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. Let our sons in their youth be as grown-up plants and our daughters as corner pillars fashioned as for a palace. Let our garners be full furnishing every kind of produce, and our flocks bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our fields. Let our cattle bear without mishap and without loss. Let there be no outcry in the streets. How blessed are the people who are so situated. How blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. Amen. You may be seated, and may God bless the reading of His Word. I'm amazed at the heart David had. God. David realized that, that I, I'm more and more realizing that the battle for our families is really won or lost in prayer. David prayed, and so he teaches me how to pray. First of all, I want you to see this, that we can pray for special protection from our enemies. We can pray for special protection from our enemies. Verse 11 in the text says, rescue me and deliver me from the hand of aliens whose mouths speak deceit and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. In this war psalm, there, there are enemies all around the people of God. Back up in verse 1, David says that the Lord trains His hands for war and His fingers for battle. In verse 10, he mentions, give salvation to kings and His servants, save them from the evil sword. There, there are deadly enemies all around David, and David prays and asks the Lord to rescue him. Look there in the text, and I want you to see in verse 11, he says, rescue me. What's interesting is, is that word rescue is the Hebrew word for earthquake. In other words, it's, it's a word that describes the earth splitting. David is praying that the earth would split and that God would put a big space between him and his enemies. He was praying, Lord, I want to be as separated from my enemies as far as possible. 
I want there to be a huge chasm between me and my enemies, one they cannot cross to get to me. Then David prays for the Lord to deliver him. Deliver means to snatch out of danger. Lord, it's almost as if David prays, sure, separate me from my enemies and keep them from me. But, but, but if they do happen to come, Lord, please just snatch me out of it. Rescue me. Rescue my family. Rescue my kids. Rescue my nation. David prays for the Lord to split the earth and to snatch him away from who? The text says from aliens. That word aliens means strangers. It refers to those who don't know God and those who are pagans, those who worship idols and have wicked, violent ways. It's the people who desire to destroy King David and the people of God. He says that they speak deceit. They do not tell the truth. Their right hand is a hand of falsehood. In that day, the right hand was a hand of position of honor and prestige. The right hand was a hand of strength and power and integrity. David says that those who are against him have no honor. They have no integrity. David says, Lord, I'm surrounded by lies and by falsehood. Can I remind you this morning that that is still the tactic of the enemy? The biggest lie the devil will tell you and me is this, God can't help you. There is no help for you in Jesus. The enemy surrounds you and tells you that God cannot help your marriage. God cannot rescue your children. God cannot save your family. You just need to give in to that faith stuff. Just give it up, throw your Bible away, and look elsewhere for answers. David prays and says, no. <laughs> the only help I have and the only help I need comes from my God, and I will call on Him. Verse 14, he says, let there be no outcry in our streets. He's praying there would be no violence or an outcry in the streets in light of the riots in our streets over the past years. And in light of all the shootings that have been taking place right out in our own streets, in light of the war in Ukraine, the mass murders of Christians in other countries, I think David's on to something here. We can pray for special protection from our enemies. Little girl Rachel, she went into her parents' bedroom where her father was still awake. She approached the bed and she said, Daddy, I'm scared. Well, that wasn't news because it was the third time she had come in the room that night. The father took her by her hand and he put her back into her bed and he says, now, sweetheart, I, I want you to stay in your bed. And she said, but Daddy, I'm scared. He asked her, well, have you read the verses I told you to read? Yes, Daddy. Have you prayed the prayers I've asked you to pray? Yes, Daddy. Well, sweetie, I want to tell you a secret. He said, some people need more sleep than others. Have you ever come into my room and found me asleep? She said, no, Daddy. He said, well, then, sweetheart, I need you to know if a burglar comes in, he's not going to beat up your daddy. If a monster comes in, I'll put him back under the bed. 
I'm awake. And nothing and no one is going to get through me to get to you. Sweetheart, you can sleep because daddy is awake. Well, that sounds so good. <laughs> the problem is, I need my sleep. My kids come in my bedroom and they're going to find me asleep. And I think that all men and all people fall asleep. I mean, it's so bad. I don't know if you're like me, but I fall asleep during every movie I've ever watched. I I watch movies to fall asleep. I can sleep anywhere, anytime. I can go to sleep in 10 seconds. It doesn't take me long. But here's what I know. Even if I were to stay awake, I am not humanly able to protect my children all the time. No matter, no matter the ammo I have, no matter the security system I don't have or do have, no matter my physical strength, no matter my experience, you and I are not perfect enough to fully protect our families. But please listen. There is a God who can. God never sleeps. And David understood this. That's why he wrote in Psalm 18, verse 2, he said, The Lord is my what, church? My rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation and my stronghold. It kind of sounds like verse 2 of 144. Hear our psalm where David says, my loving kindness and my fortress, my stronghold, my deliverer, my shield and he in whom I take refuge who subdues my people under me. David also said in Psalm 121, 3 through 4, He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not what, church? Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. So here's what I'm trying to tell you today that our God is not only awake, but he's also fully able to protect all those who come to him. Our God is never asleep, and He's fully able to protect us from our enemies. That's why we can pray to Him to protect us with special protection from our enemies. But secondly, can I teach you this, that we can pray for spiritual progress for our children. Not only just special protection from our enemies, but spiritual progress for our children. Look in verse 12. He says, let our sons and their youth be as grown-up plants, and our daughters as corner pillars fashioned as for a palace. David prays not only for his sons, but all the sons in Israel. He asks, it's interesting, that they would be grown up plants. I'm not really a gardener, but I can tell you this. Plants are planted. In other words, plants have a purpose. You just don't go by somewhere and say, hmm, well, now that plant got there. No, plants are planted. That's why they're called plants. Weeds and other things aren't necessarily planted, but David knows that these plants have been planted. There is a purpose. He's not talking about a wildflower, if you will, or a weed that's kind of grown out of control. In other words, David is praying that his sons would be purposed, they would be beneficial, they would grow in unnaturally strong ways. Because he prays that they would be fully grown plants even while they were yet young. Supernatural strength, even in their youth. Beloved, we need young men strong in the Lord. 
can I say something to you if you are a young man within hearing me that today we, we need strong men. We don't need slackers. We don't need young men who are cowards or compromisers. We desire young men who can take up the standard of godliness and who want their lives to matter for King Jesus. That's the kind of young man we need. And aren't you thankful we have some of those here at First Baptist? I see some hope. Man, I believe this is a Joshua generation. I'm so thankful. But then he prays for the daughters. Did you see that? He asked that they would be like corner pillars fit for the palace. He's comparing daughters to the cornerstones of the temple in Jerusalem. The greatest building they would have known would have been the temple. He's praying that his daughters would be graceful, they would be beautiful, and they would be strong. Those corner pillars weren't there for ornamentation. They were there to hold things up, to bear the weight of some things. He's praying that these young women would be strong and beautiful in their minds and in their hearts. He's praying the Lord would give his daughters modesty and virtue. That God would give them purity and holiness and strength and convictions. Praise God that we have some of those here in our church. But we need young ladies like that, amen? But I want to remind you to be very careful with this. I know that you want your children to progress. I know you do. I want my children to progress. But many times we want them to progress, but we may not be giving equal attention to their spiritual progress. I pray to God that we would want our children not to just progress athletically or academically or economically or physically, but most importantly, spiritually. Many times when, when we pray, we pray about getting accepted into this school or making a certain team or landing a certain position, passing a certain test, recovering from a certain illness, and, and that's great, and that's all well and good, and we should pray like that. But hardly do I ever hear many prayer requests for the spiritual progress of people's sons or daughters until after they have said they don't want to follow Christ. If we're not careful, we give evidence that we are more concerned with our children's financial future, their athletic future, or their academic future than we do about their spiritual future. I've never had a parent come to me broken I've never had a parent come to me weeping and saying, my son just doesn't love baseball the way he used to. Or my daughter is not at the same salary level that she used to be at this time. But I can tell you, I've had more than my share of parents weeping and broken who come to me and say, would you please pray that my child will return to Jesus like they did when they were young. We can pray for the spiritual progress of our children. You know, when we were building these amazing facilities that we're in, you may have come up to a subcontractor who was working and said, hey, 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 what are you doing? He could have said, well, I'm putting up some walls. That's great, man. You, you might have walked around and said to another one, hey, well, what are you doing? I looked at you funny and said, I'm putting windows in. Can't you see that? It's windows, bro. I do windows. That's all I do. All day, every day, windows. I'm putting windows, I'm putting windows in. Okay. All right. Well, cool. Just asking. You might have went up to another and, hey, what are you doing? And she may have said, well, I'm putting on a roof. <laughs> another one, I'm pouring a parking lot. Well, I'm finishing up the kitchen. Can't you tell? But if you would have come up to Jeremy 
he most likely would have said, you say, Jeremy, what you doing? Jeremy may have responded, I'm building a church to the glory and honor of King Jesus. Here's my point. If we're not careful, we can lose our focus. So, hey, mom and dad, if I come up to you and I say, hey, what you doing? Well, I'm just trying to make it through the toddler years. Hey, what you doing? I'm trying to help my son get a scholarship. Hey, what you doing? Making sure that my kid makes all A's so that he can get that academic thing that he needs. What are you doing, parent? Well, I'm dealing with autonomy and trying to figure out all that college stuff. Well, that may be true, but the entire time, you and I have to remember that we're really building sons and daughters for the glory of the Lord Jesus. Don't forget what we're doing. We are building children for the kingdom. That has to be our primary focus in life. We can pray. We can seek God on their behalf. We can pray Luke 2.52 over them. Lord Jesus, I pray that they would grow and mature and grow in stature, but they would have favor with You and with men. You can pray the fruit of the Spirit over your children. I do. But I know that they probably pray the fruit of the Spirit over me too. Especially self-control and patience. But that's the way it goes, right? We can pray for special protection for our enemies and spiritual progress for our children. And finally, we can pray for supernatural provision for our homes. Supernatural provision for our homes. Verse 13, he says, Let our garners be full furnishing every kind of produce, and our flocks bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our fields. Let our cattle bear without mishap and without loss. Let there be no outcry in the streets. How blessed are the people who are so situated. How blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. David prays specifically for God to supernaturally provide for his family. He asks that the fields be full, that the flocks have overwhelming reproduction, that the herds never have a problem giving birth or a newborn. Now, many of you who live here in LaGrange and the surrounding areas understand all that language. You've probably prayed that kind of language. You probably understand what David is praying. It would be a supernatural act of God for one of your cows to never have what? A a dead calf or or to miscarry a calf. It'd probably be supernatural. That happens, or your field to produce thousands and thousands over. But for those of you who aren't agriculturally dependent, your income and provision may be found elsewhere. So let me just help you. It is not wrong to pray that the Lord would make your business profitable. It is not wrong that God would help you to pray and ask God to make your investments grow. It's not wrong for you to pray and ask God to give you a promotion in your job. That you wouldn't ever lose a sale. That the Lord would supernaturally provide for your home. It's never wrong because David knew where his provision came from. He knew that it came from the Lord. All that comes from the Lord anyway. Deuteronomy 8 verse 18 says, But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who is giving you power to make wealth that he may confirm his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. 
So David teaches us to pray and trust the Lord to provide. And when he does, when the Lord provides, you and I will be all the more aware that the Lord is the one who did it. Therefore, we will be very quick to praise God, just like David is. How blessed are the people whom God does this for. And we get to sing his praises when we pray for his provision. Several years ago, you may not remember this. I don't expect you to, but several years ago, FedEx did a spoof on the movie Castaway. There was this FedEx plane that, that went down, it crash landed, and the pilot was stranded on this island for years. His hair and his beard became all overgrown. His skin became like tan leather and his clothes were just rags. He finally finds a way off the island and comes up to a suburban door with a package from the plane. He rings the doorbell and this lady comes to the door. He explains to her that he's a FedEx delivery pilot and he survived five years on a deserted island, but the whole time he had kept that package unopened just for her. He was now making sure he delivered it. He wanted to make sure that she got it. So he gives it to her and she does the polite thing. She said, well, thank you, sir. He's curious about what's in this bad boy. So he says, hey, would you mind opening it? I mean, I've been five years protecting this. Can I just see what's in this? She opens it and inside the package, it contained a satellite phone, a global positioning device, a compass, a water purifier, and some seeds. Funny thing, everything had been there in that package, which was in his possession that he needed the entire time. You're saying, Pastor, why tell us that? For those of you listening here this morning and those of you who are listening online and who will listen by way of radio, can I remind you, if you have Jesus, you already have everything you it's right there just waiting to be opened. If you have Jesus, He can supernaturally provide for your needs. Do you believe that? See, 2 Corinthians 9.8 is a verse God spoke to my heart again this morning with a situation I'm dealing with. And the first four words of what spoke jumped off the page into this pastor's heart this morning when I was saying, God, are you sure that you can help me with this one? 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8 says, and you say those first four with me, and God is able. We could just stop right there. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. You notice those first few words, and God is able, listen to me, Listen to me, beloved. Listen to the sound of my voice. When you don't know how to pay the bills, God is able. When you don't know you can get through that miscarriage, listen to me, God is able. When it seems like your marriage is over, can I tell you, God is able. When your children have wandered from God and you don't know if or how they will get back, can I tell you today, God is able. When your body is in pain, and your mind is stressed, when your heart is broken beyond belief, and you are experiencing loss, and you don't even know where to run, can I tell you today, God is able. Somebody in this room today, somebody in your living room today, somebody driving down 71 today needs to hear that Jesus is able. 
He's able. Fathers, even though we may say it, and even though we may really truly believe, oftentimes we practically live as though God's not able. And we begin to believe the lie that it all depends on us that we're solely responsible for the care of our families. We think it's all on our shoulders, so we work more than we should. Therefore, we're gone and we never see our families. We allow so many things to stress us out that we become irritable and are unpleasant to be around because we're taking the, the role to provide so seriously. And right now, during this inflation, many are stressed and concerned about the future, and they're just useless in the present. But I want to remind you, God is able. Notice what happens when you trust God to protect, progress, and provide. Verse 15, he says, how blessed are you. When we trust God by praying something, when we trust God by praying, something beautiful happens. Did you know that prayer is just trust in action? In other words, if we're not praying, we're not trusting. If, if we are praying, we are trusting, and then when we pray, blessings come. Here's... Here, we're going to land the plane. <laughs> no pun intended. Dad, this week, can, can I just challenge you? Moms, this week, friend, would you just mark this passage, that verses 11 through 15, would you just mark that passage? Would you read those verses every single day? And every day this week, would you pray those three prayers that are mentioned there? God, would you just put an earthquake between my enemies and me? And would you just snatch us out of this? Please, Lord, protect us from our enemies. Oh, God, may my son grow up and be mature and strong in Jesus. May my daughter be strong in her convictions in the Lord Jesus. And Lord God, would you provide supernaturally for my home? Would you please just, just open up heaven and, and provide for me? Would you just do that every single day this week? And then next Sunday, here's what I can promise you you'll come back and say, how blessed are those for whom the Lord has done this. I just want to challenge you. If you're saved to pray those prayers, if you're not, your first prayer would be, oh Lord, would you show me who you are? But I remember in my youth ministry days, I remember overhearing a father talking to his daughter his daughter's name was Jennifer, and we'll just say that, although it wasn't. He asked her, he said, sweetheart, what do you think dads need to do to have a better relationship with their kids? And this daughter, she thought about it, and she said, well, daddy, I think dads just have too many tomorrows. He said, what do you mean? She said, well, it's just always tomorrow. I mean, we'll do that tomorrow. We can talk about that tomorrow. We can play that tomorrow. We can go there tomorrow. And you know, I began to think about that. I think she's right. Too many tomorrows. And I'm here today to tell you, please don't let tomorrow rob you of today. I'm saying, what are you talking about? 
If you are in the room today and you don't know the Lord Jesus the way Daniel described, if you've never asked for forgiveness of your sins, if you've never truly placed your faith in Jesus and asked Him to save you, to come into your life, to surrender your life over to Him, if that's never happened, don't wait till tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. You want to be a, an all-star dad? It starts with Jesus. So I wonder if you would rise to your feet. Oscar, if you and the team would come. So I'm going to open this altar up. This altar is for anybody who really wants to come and pray. Maybe you want to pray specifically for your children. Maybe you want to pray for your dad. Maybe you want to pray with your dad. Maybe you just want to intercede and pray about some other things. Justin and I and some others will be up here. We'll be willing to receive you to pray and think about anything, to discuss anything, to counsel in any way. It doesn't have to be related to this. It can be anything in any shape, form, or fashion. But can I just challenge you today, that, and if you don't know this, this king, would you please come talk to us about it at least? The Lord, I believe the Holy Spirit is, is ministering to your heart, and you feel that right now, and you, you know that you probably should come. Can I just encourage you, just do, just, just take the step. We'll take it from there. We'll take it from there. But as they begin to play, let me pray, and then you come.